Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. And hey friends, I'm Mrs. Julie Bender. Yes, you are. See Do you, what I did that there? Was, that was good. Just I've never called myself topic. that. What? Well, why would you call yourself Mrs. Julie Bender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. No, I've never added Mrs. to the front of my name. Like ever? Or do you mean on the podcast? No, I don't think ever. What? I don't, I don't know. It wow. is not that I have an aversion to it. It's just that I just find that very interesting. Mm-hmm. Must must mean something. It means something. You do I'm tell me sure. occasionally I probably should have gone to therapy I at some point. I definitely but. think you should ask your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, anyway, we're going to be talking about marriage which today. Which is why I did that. I led with my marriage title. That Good is move. so funny. Uh-huh. Well, before we delve into why you won't call yourself Mrs. <laughs> Brock, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what the internet says about marriage. That'll help us all, right? Uh-huh. Especially from Prince Philip. Here's what he said. When a man opens a car door for his wife, it's either a new car or a new wife. <laughs> I well, think that's sad. It is awfully sad. And I did a little inventory. Like, when was the last time my husband opened the door? I, I don't hold my husband accountable for that because I have no patience. So it's like, <laughs> I don't want you to take the time to get around to that side of the car because I'm already in or out before you can get there. Well, I have this thing. Donnie will want to open the door and then he wants to wait for me to get all my stuff in and settled <laughs> to close the door for me. And I want to be like, you've opened it. Please don't stand here and rush me into the closing part. And <laughs> It becomes like a thing every time. I'm like, I don't want you to open it if you're going to stand there until I'm ready to close it. Which may be why he doesn't open it anymore. Uh, moving yeah. on. Okay. Justin Timberlake. I mean, he's my celebrity crush. Let's hear what he has to say. We have a couple of rules in our relationship. The first rule is that I make her feel like she's getting everything. Interesting. The second rule is that I actually do let her have her way in everything. And so far it's working. <laughs> See, I knew that's why I wanted to, you know, if I ever worked out, I'd want to marry Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I'd be sitting pretty right now. Yeah, apparently his wife is, apparently. Do you even know who his wife is? Yeah, uh, but I forget her name. I, I did too, but I have yeah, her picture in my Seventh Heaven. Mind. Yes, Jessica. Jessica. It's good. Maybe well, this it's not is embarrassing. Timberlake now. All right, well, I just was curious All right, if she gets did. her way, whatever. <laughs> okay. Jessica, Mrs. Timberlake. <laughs> I doubt if she says that either. Same. All right. George Bernard Shaw said this, marriage is an alliance entered into by a man who can't sleep with the window shut and a woman who can't sleep with the window open. <laughs> I mean, is this like a really old, like where yeah, he's we didn't really have air old conditioning? It's, yeah, before <laughs> air conditioning. But essentially it means you don't agree. I mean, yeah, that's what I've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> Irma Bombeck says, marriage has no guarantees. If that's what you're looking for, go live with a car battery. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'd rather not. Okay, Dax Shepard. I thought this one was pretty brilliant. A man's main job is to protect his woman from her desire to get bags every other month. <laughs> I think yeah. there's, there's truth in that. There's a point where your man knows you will regret something, and he's going, No, you don't need to do that. Please don't do that. How about we not do that? <laughs> 
Well, Will Ferrell said, before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. That's true. I think that should be a test for relationships everywhere. Okay, finally this one. Joyce Brothers. Do you know her? Nope. She's psychologist, but from days gone by. Marriage is not just spiritual communion and passionate embraces, which I'm not sure mine was ever that exactly, but okay, moving on. Marriage is also three meals a day and remembering to carry the trash out. It's the three meals a day, really, that just is a serious wrench. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about one and a half? Let's start there. But totally. essentially what she's so saying true. is it's not all the romance. It's actually real life. It's real life every single day, which is ultimately why marriage is a never-ending work in progress. It's beyond the wedding day. It's not just the wedding day. It's not a signed piece of paper. It's not always agreeing and loving the same things or thinking alike. It's the blending of two imperfect, challenging humans trying to live together and live as one unit. You're right. The struggle is real. And I think we need to know that, that it is a work in progress. And that's what it takes. Well, I mean, I always say it's one sinner married to another sinner. So like, yeah, that implies there's going to be some, some difficulty there. But it's choosing that same Center, or maybe you want to take that part out now and say choosing that same person in spite of their stuff, rubbing up next to your stuff every single day. All right. Did you have a misconception before you got married? Which time? That's the second question. <laughs> That's okay. <true. laughs> we That is in another episode okay. to totally unpack it, but Julie's life has had more than one. I mean, I do think my my before I got married the first time, I was under the misconception that life would all be better, that marriage was going to fix it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, have found no. after both marriages, it does not fix it. And what I mean is me. It doesn't fix me. Okay. And I think there's a lot of women that walk into it thinking that and feeling that, that this was going to solve problems. But you're right. We bring our problems with us. We really do. Yep. And, and maybe you didn't think it was going to solve a problem, but you thought it was like the ultimate goal. True. And then you find like, oh. And, and I think that's really when the wedding day feels like a letdown after the wedding is over. It's like that was the ultimate goal is to getting to the big, beautiful day. And then now the rest of the days are just not so sexy. You know, they're <laughs> taking out the trash and making meal after meal after meal after meal after meal. Three a day, right? <laughs> or not. And it's just not. It's just not as fancy as you thought it was going to be, as exciting. Yeah, it's true. I think my misconception, no, I know my misconception was I thought I'd at least get through the honeymoon without having some kind of a problem. But I didn't. What was your problem? Um, my husband, like within 12 hours of being married, went, what did I do? Oh, no. Oh, yes. And in fact, we ended up me laying by the pool and him sitting in the hotel watching soap operas, which he never even did that <laughs> ever in real life. I could not imagine Dan watching a soap opera. Yeah, not him. He, he was just, not well. He was, <laughs> he was panicking. Oh, and that's okay, cute. He got I, cold feet after the wedding. After the wedding. Yeah. He was all in before. After he went, what have I done? And I sat out there going, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done to him? <laughs> yeah. We're in trouble and we haven't even left the honeymoon yet. Yeah. So uh, 
to, uh, all of that to say, yes, we got that worked out and moved on. <sighs> okay. Well, I actually really loved getting to hear that about you guys. That makes me feel, I don't know, some sort of hope or peace because you're <laughs> on like decade 27 or something together. Oh, so you're doing that. all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I said decade, not year. Oh, <laughs> You know, because yeah. we like to joke about how long it is. I just went really far the other direction than so I normally So 270? Yes, right? it's been at least that long. It, in marriage years, it might Ish. be like do- <laughs> like dog, dog years. <laughs> oh my God, that's a thing. We should create that mar- a marriage year scale. Uh-huh, that is hilarious. Yep. All right, little history, because we touched on that with Julie already. So Julie, give give our listeners, and again, you can go back and hear more, but give us just give them just a tidbit of your history in marriage. Yeah, so I've been married to my now husband. Again, I have no idea when this episode comes out, just over three years. Um, and I was widowed before. So I married my first husband when I was the ripe age of 21 years old. I turned 22 on our honeymoon and was married for 11 and a half years before I was widowed unexpectedly. And then, um, I remarried how many years later? I don't even know. Four ish years later, I guess. Probably. Yeah. Five years later. I think it was about five years. About five. That's not true. I think it was three years. (laughs) I married again. I got married again. Gosh, darn it. (laughs) And am happily married. And yet, you know, even though that some of the challenges I experienced in my first marriage, which were seemingly all consuming, those same issues for the most part are not present in my current marriage. I have found myself to be like, oh, it's not just all roses and awesome all the time. Like I thought it was going to be like, I hoped it would be. It is freaking work. Yes, it is. Every marriage, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are coming into it. They all take work. I have been married for blah, 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 a very long time. I mean, I have adult daughters and grandchildren, so that tells you, and, you know, stayed married to the same man, so that Mm -hmm. tells you a lot. History of our marriage, we got married in business together and stayed in business together our whole married life. Our biggest conflict probably came when I tried to resign from working for him because <laughs> he thought he needed to tell me everything that I needed to do. Um, but that that part of our lives actually, once we worked it out, bled over to everything else, and that is we created territories. Hmm. You take care of your turf, I'll take care of my turf, and we'll figure this out as we go. Hmm. But you know, having been married as long as I have, what I can tell you is... I love him more now than ever, but in an entirely different way because we've been through so much life together. Well, then I'm going to need you to lead this episode because you're the one with all the experience. I'm totally kidding. I feel like, um, I feel like the experience that I've had comes with invaluable lessons, but I love to get to hear from someone who has had what I, I would describe as a long, happy marriage, because, you know, that's not something that I'm, I've I've had the pleasure of experiencing yet, but that's what I hope to create and, you know, where I am today. And so in order to do that, one of our best tools is to learn from others, from the good and the bad, and also just to recognize some things that we're all going to struggle with. I think that sometimes in the hard moments or the hard struggles in a marriage, you can think, I can't believe this is happening to me or to us or that we're going through this. 
and to be able to sit down with another person or couple and say, oh yeah, we have that problem too, or we've been there, or we've said that to each other or whatever, it feels a little less undoable. If that's, that's definitely not a word, but it feels more doable, mm-hmm. <laughs> less undoable. Yeah. Um, and you know, being able to offer some encouragement for how to make a marriage strong from two women who are trying to do that. And some with a little more experience than others. Yeah. And because we've been married a long time, Julie, just because of that does not mean it has always been perfect and without trials. Not true. And I think part of building a deep, long relationship is going through those things together. For sure. And getting to the other side. But I I think let's just roll back to the basics. Mm. Some of the things where if you start here, it gives you a better chance of working through those challenges when they come. The first one is to accept one another. Accept what? Accept the fact that you're not alike, mm. that you don't value the same things, that one may love to cuddle, the other doesn't. And that has always been a problem in my relationship because you I'm love not... to cuddle and Dan doesn't want to. No, you know better than that. <laughs> yeah, you know when you hu- try to hug me, I run for cover. <laughs> I am the non... Even with him, you don't want to cuddle. I am I am not, and bless his heart, he is. Okay? <laughs> Aww, poor Dan. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. <laughs> poor Dan. <laughs> but, you know, he has accepted the fact that I'm not. I've accepted the fact that he is. And he leaves me my space, and I try to be cuddly sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, I know that's simple, but it's... It, yeah. In bigger things, too, you have to kind of go, you're not just like me. So how do we find the middle ground? Yeah. So, I mean, and and you're going to have big and little things like that in your relationship, right? You know, the cuddling seems small, but then there's going to be bigger issues and accepting that, choosing up front to accept that about your person. That's part of, it should be, it should be well considered long before the vows are made, right? Yes. You, You can't circle back afterwards and be like, yeah, I thought it was okay that you were a cuddler, but like now it's really bothering me. Like uh-huh. you kind of got to spend some time and know those things. And that's part of the vow you're making that I will accept those things about you that may rub up against me in a not ideal way, but I'm accepting so many other beautiful, amazing things about you that I'm willing to give space for those areas where we both need to give and get a little. All right, this is one that I I repeat all the time. If it matters to him, it should matter to me. Now, that doesn't mean everything that matters to him should matter to me, but I do, and he does as well. This is two-way street. Every marriage is. I do need to pay attention to what's important to him and act on it. And whether that's sometimes... Watching a television show you don't want to watch, as simple as that, to it's really important to him to own this kind of vehicle, Mm -hmm. so you're going to save up for it, and it doesn't matter to you whether you drive something that's got 120,000 miles on it, Mm -hmm. but you know that's really important to him, it's part of what matters, then you find a way to compromise within the limits of your finances, your marriage, but you... You say it really, it's important to you, so then it'll become important to me. Yeah. And, and in doing that, you're trusting and, and hoping and believing that he will do the same for you. 
that's where it, like the healthy balance is. And, yes. And being willing to do that, you know, kind of trusting and knowing that there's areas where he's doing that for you as well. Well, I guess we'll just say that for all of them. Yeah, we will say that for all of them. And in this one in particular, that does not mean you surrender everything you ever cared about to embrace everything he cares about. That's not a healthy marriage. It is compromise. Okay, kind of maybe an extension of that or a little tangent from that. I'm not sure which it is. We have to choose which battles are really worth fighting. Like, is it really worth getting frustrated every time he doesn't make the bed because you've told him? you really like the bed being made or do you just need to know I'm going to make the bed if it matters to me? Yeah. I mean, he does need to know it really matters to you. We made a deal early on. Whoever gets out of it last makes the bed hmm. for, but I made that deal because he, at that time, he was always <laughs> the one that got out of it last. I think that was a little manipulative on my part, <laughs> that's awesome. but that's changed since then. Yeah. So, you know, I still have to step up now. Yeah, but I mean, you really have to choose your battles because if you if you say something about every little thing that annoys you, there's going to be like a spirit of angst. There's going to be a, a spirit of negativity and bitterness all the time. Um, when Donnie and I have been married only three years, right? So it's still pretty fresh. And I remember shortly after we got married and started living together, I noticed that he would finish his dishes and just put them in the sink. That's nice, right? But the sink is right next to the dishwasher. <laughs> and I just don't understand. So I'd be like, well, you know, it'd be great if you're not going to put it in the dishwasher. Can you at least like run some water in your coffee cup so it's not just sitting there like, you know, hardening up for me to get to later? So if you're not going to put it in the dishwasher, which I would appreciate, um, please at least put some water in it. And he just kept not doing it, which was maddening. Uh -huh. Like I've clearly told you what I want and you're still not doing it. And I finally had to just... Now I smile when I see it like, yep, he didn't do it again, but this is not worth making a big deal about. Like I almost kind of laugh about it. Yeah. Trust me. I still have plenty of things that I let him know that he's still not doing that I want him to do. But that's one thing that I have been able to just, it's not worth bringing up every time. And it's not worth continuing to, continuing to remind him that I really wish he would do this because I've definitely told him enough. He's just not going to do it. And you, you do have to accept that. I mean, I watch my husband pick my wet towels up off the floor all the time. <laughs> How many years have I been doing that? Our entire marriage. He used to tell me I need to pick up my own towels now. <laughs> he just does it. He does it very nicely, very willingly. And I think that's what you have to get to mm -hmm. is it's not that important. Yeah. I mean, that being said, I think we got to remember that it's okay to not agree on everything, but the challenge and the goal is to not let those things divide you. Yeah. You know, we will argue, we will have disagreements, we will um, have challenges that we look at completely differently and can't resolve, but don't argue like a middle schooler. Mm. You know, don't turn it into, yeah, but you didn't put the dishes away or yeah, but you, you really need to argue and disagree mm -hmm. as an adult, which means it's more conversational than accusational. I remember being told once that if you find yourself in an argument and you feel like you have to drop a bomb on the other person then that probably means you feel attacked and the conversation has not been healthy. And now you're both just dropping bombs. And so if you find yourself wanting to drop a bomb, 
then you recognize that this is not a healthy conversation or a healthy time to address this conflict. And like you said, if, if it's that back and forth, then you're not getting anywhere. And, and that's not going to actually solve the problem that you originally set out to be dealing with in this moment or in this interaction. And so really, really, really struggling to let those moments be fewer and farther between and act like adults. Yeah. And I think there's, there come points where you go, we're at an impasse. Mm -hmm. We, this, there is nothing that we could do to resolve this today. So stop, just stop, stop the conversation, stop the discussion, stop the argument and go to your separate corners and think about what the other one's saying and give it time. How long is that time, Dar? Uh, it could be an hour. It could be a week. Hmm. You know, don't, don't put yourself in a box when it comes to sorting out things because some of them are so big hmm. that you need time to sort through each other's position. And sometimes, Julie, you need to bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. You need to, whether it's a counselor or another couple who have dealt with this and go, we cannot resolve this conflict. Mm -hmm. Help us find the path out. And that's a healthy way to do it. Don't feel like that makes you weak. That actually makes you strong. Yeah, for sure. But learning to recognize when the conversation has gone to an unhealthy place and just be able to say, we got to pick this up another time. I love you and I don't want to harm you with my words as we try to get through this thing. So let's pause and return another time. And listen, you can talk, you can present your views, but listen, and Mm. don't just listen in the middle of an argument, listen in life, Mm. because you will discover so much about your spouse in every day, Mm. just by figuring out what's important to them, what matters to them, where their priorities lie, how they feel about things, how they treat other people. Listen to the way they live. Mm. And it'll help you when you get into situations where you are disagreeing about something. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a hard one for me. I'll just own that. Um, and, And even just, you know, listening to listen, not listening for your next break in the conversation when he goes to take a breath and then you can go back in. (laughs) (laughs) And Julie, that's natural for all of us. It's like, instead of hearing what they're saying, you're thinking about your next thing you want them to know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's middle school behavior, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, okay. As important as listening is what about learning to forgive and to ask for forgiveness? How often do you have to do this as a woman who's been married a, a minute? I probably couldn't tell you how many times I've had to do that, both sides of it. Do you um, find that you still have to? Yeah, regularly sure. Now? Yeah. Uh, you know what? At this point, it's probably more overlook than forgive, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we do anything that really hurts each other at this point, because I don't, I can't, I can say we really don't. You know, we've lived enough life together that. It's not that we hurt each other, but we may irritate one another (laughs) and then you just overlook it. Where you go back to one of the previous points of, I'm not going to fight over that. Like choose, choose my battle. Yeah. doesn't matter. You know, what I do know is at this point, um, my husband would stand in front of a bus for me and I would do the same for him. And we've gotten through a lot of life together and we're going to make it to the end. All right. Hashtag goals. 
the Barack marriage. Um, okay, what about this? We need to expect and accept change. None of us are going to be the same today as hopefully we're going to be 10 years from now, five years from now. And in some cases, based on life circumstances, two years from now. Change is inevitable. So we have to be willing to recognize, expect it, and then accept change. Change in our partner, change in our lifestyle, change in our circumstances, change. What's interesting in life change too, Julie, is the fact that you see things in each other that you didn't even know were there because perhaps they're in a job change. Well, maybe there's some insecurities that come in or some doubt that you thought your man would never have. Or maybe health changes mm -hmm. and someone who was always strong and you know able to handle anything all of a sudden had needs from you that they never had before. And so you, you have to not only expect change, but when you accept it, you have to react to it differently because you will find things in one another that maybe weren't there before. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think the second part of that one, no one is the same at 40 as they were at 20. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I look at myself and the change that has happened in my short marriage, you know, to my life and circumstances. Yeah. That has changed me in some ways. And so to be able to bend and flex and grow, right. To grow with and not grow away from to grow with your partner is the goal and the direction you should both be shooting for over time. Here's one that I think in our culture today, because we're constantly focusing on, are we happy? Are we, are we fulfilled? Are we whatever that we forget that serving another is not a weakness. It's actually a strength hmm. and it's a very, very important part of a healthy marriage. Yeah. I think sometimes we get focused on, well, if I'm doing this for him, what is he doing for me? And I would just remind us that that's the wrong attitude. We've actually been taught, especially as believers, that we are to serve one another in love. And in marriage, it's absolutely a picture of mutual service, mutual submission, which is a whole other topic. Um, but I've kind of, in, in all of my marriages... Good. I hate that <laughs> sentence, but it's true. Yeah. And if all of my pulls marriages. that soundbite out, Julie, you're in deep water, okay? Yeah. I have tried to remain focused on what is God calling me to as a wife, whether or not I believe my husband is asking that question. But God wants from me the things he's outlined in Scripture, and it's my joy and my privilege and my responsibility to serve and submit and love my husband. Um, and, and when I do those things, I know I'm pleasing God and there's, there's value and honor in that. And in healthy times and healthy seasons, it also breeds such love and joy in the marriage as well. So true. So true. All right. You started your marriage normally by actually liking this person and having respect for them. There's nothing I think more important than mutual respect in a marriage. Love, emotions, one day you're all warm and fuzzy, the next you may not be. But if you respect that person you're married to and remember why in the hard times it helps you move forward to build, continue, and grow this marriage that you want to be healthy. 
Yeah, I would totally agree. And I love that you said mutual respect, because I think a lot of times, especially in Christian marriage content, there's such a focus on respecting our husbands, respecting our husbands and his job is to love us, but it's literally a mutual, a mutual love and respect. (laughs) And I, I think the truth is, is if we really boiled it down, we recognize that our husband feels loved when we respect him. And when we find that we're being respected, we recognize that that's love he has for us. And so there's a place for both, but we don't want to lose sight of how important respect is and mutual respect in a marriage. Well, and I think as a woman, when your husband shows you respect, you actually feel more competent. Mm. You feel more uh, capable because that often isn't true in our culture that, you know, men sometimes don't respect women. Yeah. And when your husband goes, you're smart, you're talented, you're this, you're that, I see this in you, all of a sudden you start believing in yourself in a way that doesn't come from many sources. And when it comes from him, it can change your life. Yes, ma'am. Okay, and then I think the last kind of simple but important thing that we can do to keep our marriages strong is to look for ways to show your love in everyday life. And I think what I would add here is one of my favorite verses for marriage um, is in First Peter, and it talks about um, loving your own husband. And I always circle the word own there because each one is individual. <laughs> and, you know, in all of my marriages, um, I joke, but I, but I recognize having been married twice, the way I love Paul There's a lot of similarities in the way I'm called to love Donnie, but there are a lot of very individual things. The way I had to love Paul had some nuances that are not present in the way that I love Donnie. And so there's a responsibility and an opportunity to figure out what communicates love to your own husband and find ways to meet that every day. And are you going to do it every day? Nope. 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 But does that mean absolutely not? No. But is it a goal? Um, and this is something he and my husband and I have been talking about, like bringing it back to the basics. Hey, what's two things that I can focus on doing for you this week? (laughs) Because I have a list of things that I think would matter to you and here's 10 of them, but you picked the two that matter the most. And I was shocked at the ones he picked. I'm like, okay, well, I guess great. I'm only going to focus on those two instead of feeling like I have to do all of them because those are the two you picked. I love that. And that simplifies it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely simplifies it. I want to say this, having been married the duration that I have, it's worth fighting for. Mm. A lot of times you think um, that I just went out. I just want to move on. I just, this is not worth the battle. And ladies, sometimes it's not. Mm. Sometimes it is so unhealthy. Sometimes that uh, the, the marriage cannot be redeemed because someone is not willing to change and get to the place where it can be. That happens, okay? Mm -hmm. But if there is an inkling, if there is a willingness, it is so worth fighting for. And I want you to be willing to do that. I want you to be up for the battle because at the end, if you can, if you really can win that battle with that partner, on the same page, fighting the same way, there is no relationship in this world that is stronger 
and that can help you be more of everything that you were destined to be. Well, for sure. I look at somebody like you who has weathered the storms over a long, significant time and think, yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what we all want, right? But there are going to be times where you're going to think that is incredibly impossible. But like you said, I'll echo it. As long as there's some fight in both of you, it is absolutely worth the fight. Um, And sometimes that's going to look like you two fighting together against the world. Sometimes it's going to look like you're fighting a lot and you need somebody to come in and help you figure out why you're fighting and help you get back on the same team fighting the the obstacles and not each other. Um, But there is absolutely fighting in marriage. (laughs) It just has to be healthy fight. Um, and, and, and in the right direction and on the same team and working together and believing the best about each other and wanting the best for each other and for your marriage. Something said by George Eliot that I think is well worth pondering. What greater thing is there for two human souls than to feel that they are joined for life, to strengthen each other in all labor, to rest on each other in all sorrow, to minister to each other in silent, unspeakable memories at the moment of the last parting. Yeah, that's such a beautiful picture, and that's definitely my goal. And i got to be putting in work today to get there, right? Work on my end, work with my husband, being willing to put some things aside that I maybe thought needed to be worked on and just don't make the cut (laughs) and list of things that we're going to work or fight through. That is ultimately the goal. And I guess I would just remind us that in order for any of us to have a healthy, strong marriage, the foundation has to be in God, for God, because of God, with God. That is ultimately the best way your marriage is going to thrive. Um, and that looks like, you know, at the end of the day, remembering God brought me this person. He joined me with this person and I honor him in the way I honor my spouse in the way I love my spouse. And he does the same, right? That's his responsibility and his, his gift to me. And remembering that God brought you together and wanting to keep God at the center of your marriage is the number one best way to have any enduring, lasting hope and joy and fondness and friendship in your marriage. I love what you said, Julie. And I think part of that is reflecting on loving our spouse as God's loved us. And I, there's no better place to find what that looks like than 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Ooh, that's such a good reminder verse. I think sometimes if we've been around the church for a while, we're like, oh, we know the love verse. But if you actually slow that down and listen to it and desire to apply it in our marriages. So thank you for tuning into this episode. I want to encourage you to go to the show notes. We'll put some links to some of our favorite marriage articles from gritandgracelife.com and even some of our previous marriage podcasts. Thanks for hanging with us this time. And we can't wait to be with you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. 
You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.